Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Well, hello, everyone that is on the call on tonight. Uh, Give us just a moment, and we will be getting started here pretty soon. So give us just a moment, and we'll get started pretty soon. All right, I am back. Uh, We're in for a good uh, show on tonight, and we hope that uh, uh, we can get a lot of participants. This is one of my favorite type of uh, conference calls on tonight is because we're going to discuss something that I am very, very familiar with. I've had over about, oh, 11 years now started back in 2007, studying family law. So if you have questions over family law, family issue, pretty much I believe that I can uh, answer your question. And the reason why I say that is because majority of the time I'm always assisting people in that area. And, again, I've been doing that for about um, a good 11 years now. Of course, this is Dio Harris with the Creditors of God Talk Show, welcoming everyone to an awesome time that we're going to have. So crack out your uh, paper, pen, pencil, whatever instrument you use to take notes with. I think you all are going to be uh, helped by uh, tonight's uh, call. So we're going to be talking about uh, family court. Family court, the jurisdictional tricks that happen and most people have no comprehension uh, that it's exactly what that is. Uh, but, however, we're going to do our best to explain some of those tricks. So in case you have family members that are out there and they're like, oh, what the world, what is going on, uh, how do I deal with this, I believe that you will be benefited from this uh, call uh, on tonight. So, uh Make sure my other partner in crime is on. Derek, are you on the call? Well, I believe he'll be getting on uh, pretty soon. Uh, So, um, again, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started here. Um, If you all are um, listening and um, you're into the Creditors of God um, Facebook page, Please also communicate if you're having problems uh, logging in uh, or unmuting yourself. 
again, I can I can always continue to say the this is because we won't know unless you tell us that what the issue is. Even though we've had some to say, well, hey, I tried to unmute, uh, you know, don't know what was going on, but on our end, it will say, you know, that you're unmuted and uh, and and it looks like you're unmuted and again. We've had a few people to say that, oh, no, I, I tried to unmute myself. So we're trying to get as how many participants have had that problem. Uh, if it's only one person, of course, then I have to assume and believe that if on our end it's showing unmuted and then on your end you couldn't unmute, I have to only assume then that there has to be something on the other person's end that's preventing them from doing that. So. But we still want you to know that we have we will take your concerns to heart. So if you all are, again, if you are in the Credits of God um, Facebook page, uh, get on there and let us know um, how the sh- not only let us know if you're having any issues, but let us know also if you uh, have any comment that you may not even want to be one of those who comment directly, but please comment in some kind of way. Also, let us know. What shows would you like to be, uh, you know, would you like done? I mean, we won't know those things either until they are mentioned to us. So please let us know some topics that concern you. Uh, So keep that in mind. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and get started. The first area of the uh, show is going to be dealing with family court. Uh, Hopefully no one ever has to (laughs) go to family court. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, we end up at times having to do that. And the the principle of family court is the same principle as it relates to what I constantly talk about. What I always talk about is the private administrative process. The trick to family court is the plaintiff. The plaintiff is the moving party just like in any other case. But the trick part of the plaintiff uh, is when the plaintiff gets an attorney, gets a lawyer, uh, or they themselves file a, a, a petition into the domestic relations court, most likely what they would either call it domestic relations, or some courts call it just simply old family court. No matter what the title is, if the plaintiff files a document by the name of petition, by the name of a complaint, that instrument, once placed within that courthouse, the person automatically, rain, sleet, or snow, gave that court jurisdiction. But it just didn't start there. The first uh Actually, the first thing that we do when we end up for those who uh, believe in the uh, state marriages, not the common law marriage, but state marriages simply meaning where you get a uh, license, quote, unquote, or a certificate uh, of marriage, uh, and you have that on record at the courthouse, which you really just did even in that, you just gave jurisdiction to the state court they're not going to just jump out there and tell you that, but think about it. If you file a document 
inside of that courthouse. You no longer own that document. They keep record of that document. It's really plain and simple. You have landed your name, your which is your property, uh, your perhaps, uh, and then your other uh, person uh, has, you know, they have actually done the same thing. It's kind of like when we, if we do that or when we do that, we're kind of like saying, um, hey, I don't really know what's going to happen in this marriage, but just in case things just don't go right, I think I need somebody to help supervise us in case things go wrong. And so that's the purpose of the uh, marriage license. And a lot of people, like, you know, they don't see that that's the part. But, again, once you go down there and you pay the uh, the registrar or you even use, you know, one of the benefits down there is getting married uh, by one of their officials, hey, you've just consented to uh, being a part of their system. So no matter if we don't agree with it, a lot of people are actually trying to go back and say, hey, I don't want you to have jurisdiction anymore. That's a good, that's fine to do that, but we must remember we still have already given it to them. And that's the part that most people are not, uh, are not comprehending. Same principle applies to the uh, complaint or the petition filed by the plaintiff. Once the plaintiff files that petition, they automatically gave that court jurisdiction Diction is no longer up for debate. Now, who can come in to uh, perhaps if they don't settle out of court, meaning through a private administrative process, meaning the two parties did not come to an agreement. That's how family court works. If two people do not come into an agreement, if dealing with the divorce process, dealing with a family issue, if they cannot come to an agreement in writing uh, where the other person signs that agreement, then there's only one choice the plaintiff has, if the plaintiff really wants that, of course, is to allow that court to continue to have the jurisdiction they already have, uh, and, and definitely by filing, they already gave it to them, and then setting a hearing. So let's go back. So if you file a complaint, that is, if you are the plaintiff and you really want to no longer be involved in this, uh, what we call a marriage by the state or just marriage in general, because you sign a contract and you want out, quote, unquote, then you file a a petition of uh, dissolving of the marriage or a uh, complaint to dissolve the marriage or for an absolute divorce is what they call it as well. Once you do that, that court has automatic jurisdiction. Now, the defendant, again, can come back or the alleged defendant. Again, there's always a plaintiff that's always a defendant. The defendant can come in and say, and they want to challenge the jurisdiction. But at the end of the day, you can challenge the jurisdiction all you want to, but the plaintiff gave them jurisdiction. And because the plaintiff gave them jurisdiction, that plaintiff is going to walk away with something. Now, even the plaintiff may not be satisfied of walking away from the hearing because, again, if the two parties or the two people or whatever term we want to call them, the plaintiff or the defendant, just did not come to an agreement 
prior to setting a hearing, which is really for the public, then because they didn't do that, once they go in front of that judge, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You literally don't know how it's going to turn out, definitely when you have not came into an agreement or the other person has not defaulted. There we go. There's my big word. And how do you get the other person into a default? It's the same practical principle that I always teach on, is that if you file a petition with the court and you serve it through a certified mail, or it could be registered mail, however you want, which one you want to choose it, a process server, a constable, a sheriff, whatever you want to get them served as, even in the newspaper is a, a, is a proper service. Regardless, if you serve a certified mail, if you serve it through a process server, and if you serve it through the uh, certified mail and you have proof that the person, when you send it certified mail, signed the green card and you file an affidavit into that court, to the court's perspective, to the judge's perspective, that is proper service. If you did not accomplish that, that is not proper service. You would then have to get a process server to serve the other person. And that's assuming, let's say, he or she can't do it. That's still not proper service. That person has not been properly served. And let's say the final leg of opportunity is putting it in the newspaper. Then that is the final leg. That's the only option you had left after you ran that in the newspaper for about 30 days. Then from the court's perspective, then that would be a proper service. So you once you resolve that proper service, now it's a waiting game, meaning the other person still, by their own system, have at least 21 to 30 days to respond. After those 21 uh, to 30 days has passed with no response, that other person will be into default. Boom. Then you will not have to physically go in front of a judge. That's what I hope that people, if they have to go down that road, which we hope they don't, but if they do, you definitely want the other person to be uh, in default because in your uh, in your decree, which is really your default uh, judgment that's about to be entered, you get absolutely every single thing you put on that paper. If you said you wanted the gravel on the ground and you put that into your complaint and the other person was served properly and the other person miraculously did not respond, you get the gravel that's on the ground. That's the good thing about defaulting in family court. I see it happening all the time. The other person just didn't, just chose not to respond, and the other person gets exactly what they requested because the other person uh, simply defaulted. Now, if the other person responds, then you have what is called a contested divorce. We have two words. Uncontested means someone chose uh, or there's a there's no, nothing to fight over. Uh, matter of fact, they both agree to it. So both are in agreement. That's uncontested. But a contested divorce is when the other person said, hey, I don't want you to have the gravel on the ground. 
I think I should have that. So then that's when you literally are having a dispute, and now you literally are now leaving it up to a judge to make a ruling. That's when it can become sticky because the plaintiff may think, oh, I'm going to get everything. It doesn't work that way because basically both of you never came to an agreement. So now you're leaving it up to a third-party person, the administrator, which is a judge, who doesn't know neither one of you all, by the way. (laughs) They never do. So they're not concerned about who, what, when, or even why, for that matter. So then you're leaving it up to him. And then so no one should be upset when things doesn't go their way. So uh, that is how family court works. In a real nutshell, um, the flip side of that is once that, uh, for instance, if there are children, if there are children involved in that marriage, one person, unless they both agree, one person will have what they classify as primary sole custody and then you have what is called also joint custody. No matter what the term they call it, sometimes they call it visitation, that's the same principle, meaning that the plaintiff most likely, if it's the mom who filed or if it's even the dad who filed, uh, one, one or the other is going to get primary physical custody, and the other one is going to get what is called joint custody or visitation. It's the same thing. It's just a different wording. That would be the other person would get the children over the weekend or alternating weekend, alternating holidays. Now, what I can say about the family court, from my experience, they definitely do respect when a child has not been born yet. I literally know that for a fact. Again, every state might be different. But from my research and what I found, they will literally not divorce a uh, divorced a couple while the mother is yet uh, pregnant. They will literally wait for the uh, delivery to take place. Of course, we already know where that's going. That that helps their uh, funding too. But still, at least you know they will respect that to a certain degree. Uh, but uh, so. Back to the custody issue, one one parent will have the primary custody and the other one have the joint custody or the visitation. Uh, and then one party or person will also perhaps uh, be ordered if uh, they're in front of the court uh, to do what they classify as support or child support. Then what the mom would do most likely, because she's normally is the one who does that majority of the time, is the, is the mother. Sometimes it could be the father, though. They put the other person on child into the child support system, and what and what that what happens then is you're now in contract with another entity. You're not only in contract uh, by the default or by the judge signing the decree. Then you're also you're also in contract with the family court, and you are in contract with the child support agency. That's the sad part about family court. So you have a in a way for some say, oh, I got everything I wanted in my divorce. And some people have you know they have divorce celebration parties because <laughs> they get classified everything as they 
said that they uh, want it. But the downfall to it is that uh, perhaps someone didn't get what they thought that they, you know, that they were entitled to. That's the downfall. There's always a downfall or side to a family court. Now, the question may be, how in the world do, for instance, if you were one of those that had that or you know someone that was not properly served, uh, but miraculously, they got a divorce. Well, you can also go back, and they call that a modification to the divorce decree where you would literally have to show you have the evidence or you have a witness to say, hey, I did not get this. I was not properly served. Someone served my auntie, believe it or not, years ago. You, they literally could, the uh, process server could literally put the instrument or the complaint on a mother's, your mother's or your auntie's. If you, if, if the plaintiff assumes that you stayed there and that process server left it there and the person within that residence did not turn that instrument back in and say, hey, that person don't live here, by default, they will look at that as proper service. But it will be your job to come back and say, hey, here's evidence. I've never lived with my auntie. You will literally have to bring all those exhibits before that court so that the judge would do what we would call. He would actually either modify that decree or perhaps you can even get him to what is called strike that pleading from the record. Uh, normally they won't do, they won't strike it from the record, meaning uh, as if that didn't happen. Normally they won't do that. Normally they will modify it because the other person literally wanted a divorce just that bad, and the judge will give it to you because you wanted it. Now, there are several grounds for family court to get uh, a divorce, There's uh, depending on your state. Uh, you normally only need one ground for a divorce. You normally only need one ground. The one ground uh, is... Uh, both parties have just chosen to agree to they don't want to be together anymore. That in itself is the ground because both of you are in agreement. Or the other person could, uh, if the other person was fi- uh, uh, having witness that that person was into uh, adultery, then that's a ground. Uh, if the other person uh, was uh, is mentally ill, uh, all these are different types factors that make up the grounds for divorce, and you only need but one. So depending on your state, some states require that if you file a complaint for divorce, then uh, sometimes you have to submit what is called prior to divorce, you have to prove that you uh, have insurance that uh, for the children, that is that you're going to be able to take care of the the, uh, the children there in, you know, on, in the insurance area. So you're really covering all bases uh, in a divorce. If you don't cover all bases, you will literally be going back and forth getting what they call a modification to that divorce. You're simply modifying all because somebody failed to resolve it since they were there. Since they were there, they failed to resolve it. Another area of uh, family court is alimony. Alimony at times has to be proven, meaning 
you literally just can't jump out there and say, oh, I want, I want my ex to pay me every single thing I think of. I, I want half of his paycheck. No, you have to literally prove why you feel that you are in need of that, uh, and uh, most likely you will have to go before the uh, judge on that because sometimes they do what is called a pretrial hearing on the alimony part. And that's when most people definitely, uh, the, uh, the alleged defendant really jumps out there and says, oh, no, I'm not going, you're not getting half of my money or you're not getting my pension. That's when all of a sudden people start responding, when they see that there's money involved. But, hey, some defendants also, hey, they see the other person wanting a divorce, they say, forget it. You can have it. Good night. Good evening. I will see you later. So that's how some uh, deal with their marriages uh, or their divorces, so to say. Um, another way that two parties can agree or settle out of court is having everything you do notarized. One person uh, the, who would be classified as the alleged defendant can sign what is called a waiver, saying, "Hey, I don't want us to go to. I don't even want us to go to uh, court." There are certain courts that will allow you to do a waiver, and uh, so once you once that other person or the defendant signs the waiver, hey, that's a done deal. Then you literally would not have to uh, go before the judge because you will eventually. Also, if, by being the plaintiff, you would also have to submit to that judge who is handling that case your own proposed order, and that proposed order also needs to be signed. Some judge wants the other person also to sign that as well, acknowledging that they are in agreement with even the order. Sometimes they call that an agreed order or just simply the divorce of decree or the absolute divorce. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you call it. Um, once the judge signs off on it, that is it. Um, based off of my experiences, how I've seen people respond, uh, believe it or not, if you are served with a complaint or a petition for a divorce and you're like, what in the world should I do? I tell people before, if, if you don't know what to do, do something. Meaning, uh, if it is nothing but taking a piece of paper and saying what you want or what you wish, all the above, say something, because if not, you're going to be into default. Have I seen people write on uh, notebook paper? Sure have. Once that clerk gets that, in fact, that clerk is responsible for filing your notebook. Hey, if you got a, a piece of napkin and that's all you get, some kind of way, if it can get into the hands of that clerk, some kind of way that clerk can make a copy of that napkin and make it into, uh, uh, have a copy of that to be placed into the record. You just wrote on a napkin. They just made a copy of it. But it's your signature on there, and, hey, at least you responded so that you would not be into default. Majority of people are angry in a divorce is for the simplest reason, and it's a common sense reason, default. The other person just didn't respond in a timely manner. Even though they saw it, they got it, there's proof that they got it, and they just chose for whatever reason to not respond. That's what makes divorce ugly is uh, other persons like, hey, you done me so wrong in this divorce. That's what makes family court 
ugly. But the good thing about it, you can always go back. So you can always go back and do a modification uh, of that uh, decree. Of course, most likely, uh, if you don't know any better, uh, they're going to be looking for you to do what is called a filing fee, uh, but you really don't have to do a filing fee. Most people have no clue about that either. Even even in that, if there's an issue you have going on, you trying to get, you trying to show where hey the uh, the ex was really not even entitled to that property. You need to do a you can do a form of pompous form also, and uh, also get the uh, fees waived. I tell people when you do those documents, you want to make sure you uh, answer every last one of those questions. Answer those questions. Uh, what most people are doing is, of course, they're giving up too much information, too, by the way. They tell them the whole life history of how much money they have. And the common sense I tell most people that I says, I say, why would you tell them that? Oh, well, it says it to answer every last question. You are correct. It does say answer all the questions, but it's how you answer the question. Why would you tell a perfect stranger how much money you have in a bank? It just doesn't make sense. But most people don't comprehend that part. When you just when you answer that question, divulging all that information, what makes us not think that that judge is not going to turn around and look and add up your income for you and say, "Oh, yep, got enough for my." In my opinion, yep, she's got enough. Deny, and that's exactly what they're going to do because you've just really helped them to deny you because you told them how much income you have. So that's the tricky part to the former pompous form is when we give up information that we really never should have, um, you know, given up. So um, that's, I guess I went back around in circles again, but that's basically in a nutshell of how family court works. Um, to kind of break this ice a little bit, I'm going to actually see if anyone have a question on, on that, if you would, uh Press the star uh, six button. Uh, excuse me, pound and uh, OS. Yes, star six, and unmute yourself. Hopefully, we don't have a problem with that. Uh, and and ask your question if you have a question or concern on family uh, court. Do we have any questions or concerns? Okay. If not, I'm gonna keep it moving. Um, so star uh, star six, or go to the Creditors of God um, Facebook page, and even type in your questions or even comments there. So just letting everybody know uh, that you can do it that way as well. So. Um, what I hear, let me go back to the uh, one of the the the, uh, the tricks, if we want to call it that, of family court that I'm that I've been hearing a lot of people do. And if we're gonna go to the, the jurisdictional challenge, of course, most likely that would be the defendant uh, doing the jurisdictional challenge. Normally, the plaintiff doesn't do that because it was the plaintiff who filed it, uh, meaning your ex to be uh, is the one who filed that. So most likely the defendant is the one who comes in challenging jurisdiction, saying this court does not have jurisdiction. Uh, now, it's good to put all that on the record, 
But um, what I want people to comprehend is that it's like telling someone uh, who you gave permission to do something, and now you're telling them later on at the end of the day that no, you didn't. That's what challenging jurisdiction in family court as it relates to the divorce, not as it relates to the content of the divorce. And what I mean by the contents of the divorce is the items that were put in the complaint. Um, so the defendant can come along and challenge jurisdiction and to the point where he or she ends up leaving it no option because there's a dispute on the table and the dispute is jurisdiction, the plaintiff who gave the court jurisdiction anyway can come back along and say, hey, we need to set a hearing. And, oh, buddy, if you show up at that hearing, you still, once again, you just also, for the second time, gave them jurisdiction. You Once again, you can challenge it, but at the end of the day, that plaintiff is going to get at least the divorce decree. It's the items that the plaintiff may not get. And what I mean by items, the house, the car, the uh, children, the other person can at the time of the hearing make known his side of the story or her side of the story if she's listed as a defendant of what she feels or what he feels he is entitled to. And majority of the time, the judge is going to, if it's a fair judge, of course, is going to actually split it down the middle. Most likely, uh, if the parties can agree, that marital property, meaning the house that the lovely couples at one point bought together, will actually be sold, meaning you all will get half. Each will get half of that, uh, of that, of the funds. The, so, uh, that's another thing. Uh, the children is going to also, that's, that's, a, that's real simple. One going to get custody. The other one is going to get custody on the weekend. Uh, one perhaps will be on support if it's mentioned, of course, at the hearing. Uh, and the uh, other person will be defended, will have to pay, if they classify that as, the plaintiff, uh, whatever it's mentioned at the hearing or whatever is in the decree. If it's if it's decreed that uh, twice a week you pay seventy dollars, that's exactly what's going to happen. So uh, later on, the plaintiff can let's assume and let's say uh, the judge has signed off on that decree, and later on the ex, whatever that ex would be, decides to give you a hard time and say, hey. Uh, you're not paying on time, or, hey, I hadn't received supporting you in a long time. She or he can come back and say, hey, the other person is not doing what this decree said to do, and I need you to help enforce this decree. Uh, that You can also uh, do that. It's called the enforcing of the decree. You can enforce it. So that's the, there go the downside of that, too. Um, but what I'm telling people and what I try to tell people to do, if you literally have to go down that road, whatever you can do to not go into that court, do it. If that means you both need to be in front of a notary because you don't trust each other, uh, whatever emotional, I tell people, please set that aside. I don't know why emotions, they ring high, but they just do. 
But at the end of the day, you better set them aside. Uh, set that aside for just a moment and uh, perhaps come to an agreement if you can. Uh, if not, no one knows how it's going to turn out once you're in front of that judge. So uh, so uh, family court uh, works like that. I think some people think when it comes to the, the CPS workers, all those, that's not, that's not, you know, that's, that makes up a unit of family court, but that's because there's another entity in, involved when you deal with the CPS issue. That's a whole other entity. They are will be the plaintiff in that uh, in that sense, and whoever would be the alleged uh, defendant, or they may classify as the person who is uh, not the proper parent. So again, somebody has to be the plaintiff. Somebody just has to be the defendant. Those are their fictional terms that they use. Uh, it just is what it is. Uh, do we agree with it? Of course, I absolutely don't. But, hey, that's what we're working with. So I'm telling people we need to know their system of what they're working with and what we are working with so that we know how to respond. Uh, so no one, if, if you end up going into default, it's really nobody's fault but yours ex especially with all of the resources that we have now. Uh, but some people are lazy. I hate to just say it like that, but I'm one of those who tell the truth. It's unfortunate some people are lazy. Some people, they overthink the matter. they like, oh, I believe I can, get, I can get that person even. I can do this and do that. And while you get thinking you can do all these things, the time is ticking towards your default. And bam, that happens majority of the time. The other person is such an uh, emotional disturbance. They don't even think about the clock that's ticking after they get served. Before they know it, uh, the bell rings, boom, 21 days has been passed, bam. Um, And now when you go into default, the other person don't, in a divorce, have to even inform you about the hearing. Now, unless you're wise to check, once you hear in the wind, you're getting divorced, and you're wise enough to do some research and miraculously then find out about the hearing, then you better show up then. But if you if you don't, once that hearing is over and the judge signs off, all you can do is do a modification. And you need to have evidence. You need to have build your case, and you need to do a good one. You can't go in going, he said, why they said, all that. The judge is going to be looking at you like, why are you even here? They get, they want to go eat a sandwich because it's time for lunch. So we want to keep that in mind. They want you in and they want you out, and that's how divorce uh, happens. I tell clients the majority of the time, you're really not going to be in that courtroom for no more than five or 15 minutes at the most. What makes the uh, hearing drawn out is the other person uh, showing up and actually contesting why they feel they are entitled to certain things. And so that whole thing can be stretched out to at least an hour. Well, who wants to sit up there and do that? That's just like going to work, if you ask me. So sound like to me, I would I prefer to settle out of court if I can. So anyway, I thought I'd go around one more time in case I didn't cover anything. Uh, should I say in case I didn't cover uh, everything that I may have thought that I missed. Uh, do we have any comments at this time? Uh, we're going on. Uh, everyone is now unmuted, actually. Um, and 
And if not, tonight might be one of those early nights. So do we have any uh, comments, any questions at this time on family court? I also invited, uh, while we're waiting for people to unmute themselves, I also invited a guest on, um, and hopefully she's on tonight. We wanted to kind of also touch on uh, the bonds again. We had a request uh, of talking about the bonds, and we want to make sure that we uh, try to respect when people make a request of, of any kind. Um, so I'm hoping that she's going to be unmuting herself here shortly to uh, introduce herself. Uh, if not, hopefully, you know, everything's on her end is uh, is going good. So, um, so uh, any questions, concerns? It's going on. We've been here about, oh, it's a good, what, 40, 40 minutes there. Any questions or concerns? Anything on the administrative process? Anybody got any court cases or any of that type of things going on that they may need help with? This is this is the time to uh, ask the question um, if you you know so wish, of course. Okay. So please. Again, if you're having problems on reading yourself, please go to our Creditors of God uh, Facebook page. Please let us know. Uh, in fact, I'm going to get on there now and uh, check and make sure that we're not having any issues because I see everyone is unmuted. But apparently, we just got a, you know listeners that just want to just hang out on tonight, which is absolutely fine. Uh, but we're going to respect your time, though. Because we're Hello? not going to be... Okay, yes, I'm here. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. All right, yeah, I'm calling from uh, Jersey, man. I had a, I got a court case that's been going on, and uh, uh, the judge forced me into getting a, um, a public defender, mm-hmm. right, because he said he couldn't talk to me. You know, I put mm-hmm. my paperwork in, uh, authenticated birth certificate, DBA, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, my own paperwork as far as a, a rebuttal to all of the tickets and, uh, you know, the charges and an uh, affidavit of truth with an offer of discussion, you know, asking for, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, damaged property, injured person, injured mm-hmm. party, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a breach of contract to produce that. And if not, mm-hmm. you know, we could come together privately. I, you know, I didn't want to cause any type of public controversy or anything like that. You know, that's what I stated. And, yeah. you know, they never got back to me. So, but, oh, you how, know, long, I, how, how long ago was I, that? Um, well, shit, this would be the fifth time I'm going next Monday. But, um, oh, like, next, uh, Monday. When I, yeah, mm-hmm. next Monday would be the fifth time of me going. And um, I... Uh, you know, when I went in with the paperwork, well, when I put the paperwork in, they sent me some paperwork the judge clerk telling me to file a motion that I didn't file it right and the proper procedure to do that. So I put the motion in for a motion to dismiss, you know, mm-hmm. for lack of personal and uh, subject matter jurisdiction, 
you mm-hmm. know, with the order and um, you know, the paperwork served the uh the um prosecutor as well, the opposing party. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just still, you know, overlooking it. They're not recognizing the paperwork. So when I went in, I when he to go downstairs and fill out paperwork for a public defender. He mm-hmm. was like, uh, you know, I can't speak to you. You know, then I tell you, you know, and like, you know, he got upset, like made a scene, like, because I was like, well, did you get my paperwork? You know, what, mm-hmm. what's going, you know? And he like, you, you got to go downstairs. You, you can't. I cannot speak to you. Are you listening to me? I cannot talk to you. So you know that goes to show you that we are considered dead, and they want us to put these masks on. So that's what clicked into my brain. So I said, all right, I'm gonna go down there. Because, you know, I learned that you can use the public defender as your mouthpiece if mm-hmm. they take that fiduciary duty. So okay. boom, I filled the paperwork out, went down there, reserved all my rights, you know, not a U.S. citizen, and uh, you know, uh, a state uh, national. You know, I'm in New Jersey, so I said I'm a New Jerseyan and everything, you know, according to the paperwork. So they gave me the public defender. The public defender came and was like, uh, you know, what's going on, you know, and this was on the same day. The day that they made me go get a, get the, the the public defender wasn't the day that I got with him. I had to come back to court again with this public defender who I never spoke to or anything, don't know anything about the case, didn't have any discovery. So we talking, and I said to her, uh, will you accept the fiduciary duty, you know, and settle and close this matter for him? She, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, well, can I see the bill of particulars? You know, I want you to get the bill of particulars and, um, you know, uh, the original charging instruments and all that. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. The only thing we're here to do today is put a not guilty plea in. You know the last time you were here, we don't want to upset the judge, this and that. I said, well, I don't want to put no plea in because I don't know to understand the nature and, char- uh, nature and cause of these charges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that'll make me a ward of the court and everything. And that's what I told the judge, too the prior time, and he was like, I don't know where you're getting that from. You won't be no reward of this court. You could go downstairs, but, you know, I said this to the public defender, and, again, she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I, I went along with her, went up there. I didn't have to say anything. They, you know, she went up there and put a not guilty plea in for him. Just her and the judge talked, and he asked me, was you a U.S. citizen? I said, no, not according to your uh, definition. Uh, do you have a driver's license? I said, had one. Do you have a Social Security? I said, had one. And I didn't, all right, that's all we need. And, you know, cut me off and just, all right, well, you got to come back. So everything is still. So I get a letter from the public defender's office mm-hmm. recusing themselves from it for a legal, a, a legal conflict of interest, and you will mm-hmm. be assigned a full attorney. So the pool attorney they gave me, he ain't had So boom, I go back to court, and um, the pool attorney is there, and he asking me what's going on. You know, he trying to scan my brain or what's going on. And he like, well, I see you're going to be fighting it, you know, and that's fine with me. But, you know, the 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 things that you're talking about, I've never seen anyone win with it. But, you know, if that's what you want to do, we'll do whatever you got to do. And I said, well, are you representing me? Are you are you co-counsel? Are you, you know, uh, a counsel, uh, co-counsel? He said, oh, no, I, you know, I'll assist you. You know, you could do what you're going to do or whatever. But he was an older gentleman, and, you know, I was watching him. I ain't know who he was. I just went to the court. But he in there, everybody knew him. 
You know what I mean? He in there laughing, joking, T.T., ha-ha, with the prosecutor, you know what I mean, and the other public defenders. Everybody knew him. He was very well-respected, the older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And um, when the name, when the Enligas was called up, you know, he uh, and the prosecutor, they was chopping it up, and he was like, you know, it's cut and dry because it's something like a mandatory type of jail sentence thing. And the, um, the, the pool attorney was like, not if you don't get jurisdiction, and the guy looked at the prosecutor was like, man, you know, whatever, you know, it's cut and dry, whatever, you know, because that's what I've learned from studying this stuff. You know, you got to give yourself to that court. You know, you got to subject yourself to them. And mm-hmm. I haven't been doing that, and my paperwork stated that. So, mm-hmm. like, my question is, you know, and, like, he, well, he said that, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, he's trying to get me to plead out because the the prosecutor, they offered the three stages of the pleas, the first time and then the second time, and if you go to trial the third time, this is what's going to happen. And he's making it seem like those are my only options, which, you know, I've been through it before with him, and I know the options that they're giving you are not the only options. You know, mm-hmm. you can, there are other options. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, I go back Monday, and, you know, I got him under the presumption because I'm playing, like, and not intentionally, but just not real strong on the material that I have. I'm meek. I'm very meek, like timid, you know, and that's yeah. like, but I'm listening to him, and I'm like, oh, man, this is what they said. Oh, look at him. Okay, I'm giving it to me. They tell him, but, you know, I'm still not really fully grasping it, which is okay because I've accepted mm-hmm. that this is the path I've chosen, and it's a learning experience, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, as well, yep. anyway. So regardless of what happened, you just learn from it. So, like, my question for tonight that I pose is that uh, why would, like, from what I'm doing and the things that I've said and how I defend it first, why would they recuse themselves and take themselves off now? They sent me a letter with all of this on. I took a picture of it, and I done lost it but mm-hmm. I got a picture of it so I can get a copy. But it said, due to legal conflict of interest, we cannot represent you. Because I like, no. I got an injunction in with the sheriff and everything. You know what I'm saying? Now, so, now, who, now who who was the one that that, said, that, that did that, that, that you mentioned? Who was that, that that said they can't represent you? Who is the, the public defender? Oh, so he, so he declined. Uh, yeah, they declined. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, they uh, they can change the hat and uh, you know, recuse themselves. Kind of like fire. They kind of like quitting quitting the uh, case is what is what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. But let me go. Let me go back though, um, just to hear it so I can give my little two cents. Um, you said this been going. Did you say this been going on five times or five years? Five times, like since uh, October. Like, okay. Know, the first time so, I went was in December, mm-hmm. and like this is coming up Monday. The court cases, the fifth appearances. Yeah. Oh wow! Gotcha. So the first but, paperwork. I go ahead. I'm sorry. So, uh, no, that's okay. So are you saying, but but did I not hear that somebody entered a plea for you? Yeah without me, and I ain't say nothing, you know what I mean? I just was standing there. They had me come up there because she said, you don't say nothing or whatever, you know, I take care of everything. And I'm looking at her like, because, you know, we got into it because I was like, I don't agree with that. 
because mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I'm just the first time I'm meeting you, and you telling me to plead guilty, and that's going to put me in default. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe the language I was saying to her, she like, oh, well, he knows something, but he don't, he might not know enough or whatever the case, because she was like, you want me to tell the judge you're refusing to plead? And I was mm-hmm. like, look, I'm not here to cause no public controversy. You know, I'm not trying to upset nobody, but I want to know what's going on, and, you know, mm-hmm. I want to resolve this as quickly as possible on the private side. Mm-hmm. All right, well, yeah, you just come with me. Boom. And, you know, she took me up there, boom, 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 in and out. The same mm-hmm. thing with the pool attorney. You know, they got that juice card. He brought me right up there, boom, in and out. But it wasn't a thing oh, about oh, 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 wait a minute. But when you said you said the first one, okay, you said uh, you wanted to do it on the private side. Then mm-hmm. that, was that a public defender you said? Yeah, a public defender. Okay, but but tell me what happened though. When you went in, when you, you uh, where did you go in front of the judge? Yeah, in front of the judge, and, you and know, then what happened? They, call, they called the name, and well, the client here wishes to reserve all his rights and defenses and everything, and we'll put in a not guilty plea and whatever. And then the judge asked me, "Was I a U.S. citizen?" And I told him, uh, "Not a definition." Okay, well, we're going to have to uh, turn find out who you are. Uh, do you have a driver's license? Had number had. Okay, well, we you'll have to come back. And then she gave me the paperwork to sign, and I reserved all my rights. You know, last uh, first uh, first and middle, all rights reserved. And you know, they look at me when I do that, like, what is this? But then they, okay, you know, just turn away. It's the same thing with the pool attorney. That's what he did as well. But I didn't even have to go with the pool attorney. We didn't even go in front of the judge. He went into the chambers, as a matter of fact. Then he mm-hmm. came out. Okay, yeah, so. Oh, okay. What was that that, what was that, that you signed, though? Uh, The slip to come back, you know what I mean, where they say you did the defendant. Oh, gotcha. Oh, all that, because they make you, what, you know. What color was that slip? It's white. Oh, you oh, okay? Gotcha. It's the top one. It's the it's the main. You know, it's the one the the wet signature one. It's the top one. So they get the copies. Mm-hmm. And the status hearing thing before it was in a race. The first two times was a pretrial, and then it was a arraignment, and then that or a status, and then it jumped to a status. Like this is a status hearing. They that we I, I went to last time, and the next one still says status because I guess they're trying to see if the pool attorney can convince me to take this deal. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's going on with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, ex- that's exactly what is going on. So, okay, I'm trying to see where I would pick up at. Uh, well, you got to – well, here's the thing. You, you sign that uh, slip. Um what I'm going to start doing or suggesting people do, uh, I'm still looking into it myself, though, so I want to make sure mm-hmm. people know that. Uh, when you sign anything, you, uh, I understand reserving all the rights uh, issues, uh, mm-hmm. but also signing under duress is another yeah, one mm-hmm. uh-huh. that, you can, that you, can, uh, you can do. But the whole point is, once you've signed that document, um, you know, you it's still like it's still in the form of a contract, of course. So mm-hmm. because because you've done that, and because it's kind of like that is everything has been sitting, waiting 
waiting for this upcoming hearing on Monday. Uh, really, I'm going to wait to give you suggestions until then. The reason why I say that, and what I mean by that is, on did you, you did say next Monday, is that right? Yes, correct. Okay, this is what I want you to do. What time is what time is that uh, hearing? Bright and early, nine a.m. Okay, what I'm going to say do is soon. Okay, I tell you what. Um. Well, I may this may be a redundant question, but are we Facebook friends on uh, Facebook? Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Send me uh, send me a, a response so that I can remember. It's my whole <laughs> it's my whole key. So what okay. I want you to do, I'm I'm gonna give you my my personal number, uh, mm-hmm. so that then I can give you advice. And what I mean by then, because what it sounds like to me, they're gonna do again. Is probably draw it out again. Because they're gonna keep trying. Mm-hmm. They they want they want somebody to agree to those charges. Is the key. Mm-hmm. And they really that's what that's all that that's, that's what that's going to be about. Unless miraculously uh, on that day the judge just throws it out again. No one knows. That's the tricky part. Like I tell people, that is the tricky part about being a son. You just literally doesn't know until it literally happens. So that's why I'm saying mm-hmm. on Monday, as uh, soon as you leave out of there, buzz me and say, for instance, let's assume let's say you get there and the judge sets uh, another status hearing, or let's say he reset it for another trial miraculously. So it was yeah. never a trial. He never did a trial. It never uh-huh. got to a trial status. It's just been lingering and from arraignment to status hearing. You gotcha. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, because somewhere along the line, there's gonna most likely uh, be a uh, be a trial of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's just my opinion because, again, you don't know what the judge is going to do. But let's assume, let's say, that you on Monday, let's assume, let's say, he go ahead and set it for trial. Then mm-hmm. the answer where I will be eventually going, but I, I would prefer to hear it that that's what happened, of course, on, on Monday, is the only thing you would want to do or should do uh, is, first of all, was that, was that what type of ticket was that? Uh, driving on a suspended and uh, uh, false ID, uh, IDT. I had an IDT. And What's I didn't that? get the vehicle uh, international driver's permit in my spiritual name. So that's like a, a felony, they say. A loo and like a hindering arrest and stuff like that. So Okay, but I mean, like, but explain to me what was that? Was there like an ID used? What was that? Yeah, yeah, it was an international driver's permit, like, you know, for traveling, that you're not mm-hmm. operating in commerce. You know, it got the UN, uh, the where you you know you had a right to travel on it. Oh yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now no, where if you don't mind me asking, where did you get where did you get that from, or how did you get it made, or um, you know, it's a company that does it. So oh, oh okay, know, okay. That's you know, pe- people I've been you know uh, studying under, you know, they use them a lot. And, uh, but you know, you're supposed to get a the vehicle put in a trust you know, outside of the Inligus name before you even did that. And that's what I didn't do because that's how they connected it together. Mm-hmm. But even still, you know, as far as the stop was concerned, if it wasn't a warrant or, you know, probable cause, which 
you know, they say it was a motor vehicle infraction or something mm-hmm. like that, that, you know, I didn't maintain a lane, which is no uh, no truth to it because of the discovery that I received. I didn't see any video dash cam expressing that. So, you know, if that's oh, a part oh. of their so you already that should have been in there. But so you, know. you so you so you've already did a you already requested for a discovery. No, the public defender did it. That's what oh, they did okay. and got it. As soon as she as soon as they got on the case, you know, I got that in the mail from them and then mm-hmm. after I got that, that's when I got them recusing themselves from it. <laughs> oh wow! So that's yeah. like kind of that's why I was bugging because you know I'm, I'm kind of new to this. I'm like two years into it and I'm grasping it, but you know it's just like, well, why? Why? How is it going like this? What is that injunction in place? Because the the one of the places that that uh, injunction the estoppel that I put in was uh, in the county where this is at. You know where the courthouse, where you know where I'm going to court, and so they are already you, been put on notice. Are you saying that you filed that? Uh, yeah. Adjustment? Well, you know I got a. Mm-hmm. I gave you, it, saying, you know I sent it to them three times and never got you, a response. Notary, notary presentment. Okay, but did but did um, when you say notary presentment, are you saying the notary themselves sent it? Yeah, with the return, the green card. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I just got one green card back, but I got mm-hmm. to steal the ones I sent. And, you know, you can uh, search that uh, through the post office that it was received. I know they oh, gotcha. received it. Gotcha. Now, did, and are you also saying you filed that into the at, the at the county recorder's office? No, that's the thing I didn't do. I didn't do it there. I just did it oh, with the sheriff oh, and gotcha. the governor, oh, but, attorney oh, general. Okay. And the secretary of state. But did but did you did you put them but did you put those into default too though? Did you after you sent them that injunction and they didn't respond most likely of course? Mm-hmm. Are you how many days went by after you sent it to them? Um, I mean, I did them like in the days that I asked them. I gave them ten days. Uh, I think on all three. And they never came back, but that's where I stopped at. Since they didn't respond, I never, you know, took it any further as far oh, as going yes, to the county that. recorder and mm-hmm. anything like that. So Okay. This is what I tell people to do, though. Because what you just did is, regardless, you still sent them a notice. You mm-hmm. sent them a document. I don't. It doesn't matter what you called it. Uh, but the whole point is they haven't responded. And as of now, you haven't done anything as of after that. What I'm tell people to do or suggest to do is now uh, you're, the 10 days definitely has gone by. Uh, mm-hmm. you, I would make sure I send all those that you sent it to, you need to send them a default notice. Uh, mm-hmm. let, let them know that they are in default. That way, once you get your default, you can even do this as an example. Um, you can uh, either file that default uh you know, into the county recorder, you know, just to have it on record, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one thing you can do. Uh, or you can even attempt to get a judgment on that uh, default. You can actually uh, mm-hmm. do that, believe it or not. But anyway, just throwing that aside, um, just thought I'd mention that while we were on that, you know, on that subject. But it was another question that I, that I did have about um, – so you already got your discovery uh, because mm-hmm. the the uh, public defender did that for you. So only mm-hmm. thing I can 
I can only thing I can see that's going to possibly happen is the uh, uh, trial will be set. So my suggestion to you would be is to doing they're going to have what's called a cross examination time where you get a chance to actually cross-examine the uh, officer, meaning the officer will be subpoenaed to come uh, to really testify is really what that is. Uh, And uh, so uh, you will be most likely going, of course, too, uh, because most likely they will make sure you sign or or under the rest you will be signing to come back. so uh, the only thing left to do is let's say they set it for a trial and you um, and you uh, do a, a, you know, you send something in the private. Let's say the instrument they give you. Let's assume, let's say, whatever that white slip they gave you, whatever mm-hmm. that they may have you to sign, make sure you get a copy of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do, you can attempt to do this. This is just an idea. Uh, you can take that instrument and and uh, and and resend it, meaning you get a copy of it with your signature on it, and then you could do that in the private, you know, the private administrative process that way to see if you can't miraculously get them to go into default. Because as of now, your case is steady moving on their terms and their conditions is what's going on. I can mm-hmm. literally hear that. So. Uh, if you can't some kind of way to get them to, uh, you know, to be in default, then they are going to most likely set a uh, set up a trial. And the only thing you can do is at the trial, you can do all the, the jurisdictional challenges, and then the judge that may get the judge like, oh, let's reset it again. And before you know it, what they're going to be trying to do, of course, wear you out so that you can try to fold in and say, hey, I forget all this. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what they're doing. So to to if you, to really close that up is to really doing cross examination is when the officer is there is getting him to lie on the witness stand. I've literally mm-hmm. seen people. I, I told a person to do that because they they had gotten their discovery. They had literally shown the video of uh, you know what took place, and they used that against the officer and got him to lie on the witness stand until the judges get so upset. At the, I guess the whole situation where the judge left the bench and just dismissed the case because the, mm-hmm. he used that person used the system against them and their system is is a rigged system. It's just the way it yeah. is. So mm-hmm. all you can do is doing cross examination is say, hey, they come there to trick you. Why not go there to trick them? <laughs> uh-huh, on the witness because that's really all you yeah. can do. And most uh, only person that's going to take the stand is only two people. That's you and, and the officer. That's the mm-hmm. only two people that's going to take the stand. You would think the uh, the state or they may even call it the city would take the stand, but no, they're using their witness, uh, which would be the police officer, to take the stand, uh, and they're going to just play the game alone and going to say, hey, uh, who do you work for? I think that is, oh, that's such a show, isn't it? Who do you work for? Why, what's the importance of who do he work for when they know who he mm-hmm. works for? And, and let so, me say, like <laughs> the thing with the thing when you know when I got incarcerated, when you go into this, uh, it was a state police that got me, and all inside there you could see agent agency. 
So they operating off of agents and agencies. So like like you saying, when you put them on the stand, I've been reading up on uh, the law of agency, and the mm-hmm. agent is just uh, acting on behalf of the principal. Mm-hmm. So who is the principal? You know what I mean? These are the questions like was going in my mind when I was in there because I've been studying it for a while, and I'm like, oh, okay, so all right, I see it materializing right before my eyes. And I don't even think like these officers know that they are agencies and they're, all they're doing is contracting for a third party to bring a third party in to obligate mm-hmm. them to the principal, which mm-hmm. is the state, and they're not going to say who that state is. But I've mm-hmm. investigated and looked up the Dun & Bradstreet number, and at mm-hmm. the courthouse there's 18 businesses there, and I found one of the principals to be a judge, which mm-hmm. is a deceased judge. And I'm wow. like, well, who, you know, these is questions like you know and i'm writing all my questions down but you know when you get into that courtroom and you start asking these questions which the judge already said he's not going to allow me to talk so Mm -hmm. if the pool attorney accepts this fiduciary responsibilities and asks these questions you know Mm -hmm. well who is the principal here if you're saying are you an agent is the officer an agent for the state of new jersey no they cannot lie you 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 actually, uh, you actually now doing those. What you just asked is something that that would be asked uh, when the officer get on the witness stand. You you playing the game along with them because that's all mm-hmm. that that's all the uh, the uh, prosecutor is going to do is play the game, saying who you work with. So I would, mm-hmm. but you but you you you're going to have to stick with how the case is going. Meaning, for an example. When he takes the stand, because they will give you uh, an opportunity, the judge might say, would you like to cross? That's exactly what that means. You don't deny that. That's your opportunity to do that. So you say, oh, sure, I'd like to cross-examine him. Uh, and did you say you work for, uh, the, for an example, let's say it's called uh, Georgia, Georgia State uh, Police. You work for Georgia State Police. How long have you been working with them? Uh, mm-hmm. Would you say Georgia State is an uh, is it an agency or, or what is that? So those are the times when you start asking some of those questions as it relates to that subject. And so okay. then eventually, uh, let's get to an example of how to get him to lie on the on the witness stand. Let's go back. Okay, and now this is what you're gonna because this is involves your case, and you only you only want to stick with the case is about. You don't really need to get into at that time during the cross examination. You wouldn't get into to saying, "Oh, you don't have juris- do you have jurisdiction over me?" You already know he mm-hmm. doesn't have jurisdiction, so there's no need to even bring that up. You already know mm-hmm. that he doesn't. You just want their witness to help support your story, and so that they, mm-hmm. you can get out of there. So, um, th- what they accuse you of is driving without a license, and what was the other one? Driving on a suspended license. Oh, driving, uh, yeah, driving on a suspended license. And, um, uh, uh, uttering a false name and giving a false government document. Okay. Now, when you say when they say false government document, what else did you show them? That's it. I ain't showing them, and, you know, the registration and insurance. Okay. Wow. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. So, Okay. Let's go to the driving on the suspended license uh, as an example. Uh, I would say if I were in your shoes, I would say you mentioned that 
you mentioned that the alleged defendant was driving uh, on a suspended license. Is that correct? So then mm-hmm. I would turn around and say, do you have specific evidence that the defendant was driving on a suspended license? Uh, and let's mm-hmm. say he says, well, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that, is there any evidence before this court that the defendant was driving on the suspended license. You keep going at that same question until you get only these two responses, a yes or a no. You definitely mm-hmm. want to say no. When you, you can actually mark it down and say, oh, he said no to that question. That no is helping you too, by the way. If he says mm-hmm. no, uh, that he has no evidence, let's assume and let's say he turned around and said, well, sure I have evidence. Uh, that's the opportunity for you to ask. Oh, please, where is that evidence? Where can that evidence be reviewed at? That's mm-hmm. when you're telling him to, to see where he's going to go. So it's really also a listening game. So mm-hmm. those are some of the things for that. Okay, so let's get past the, the drive. Now let's get to the part we're talking about falsified uh, ID. That would be a mm-hmm. good question. Would ask them. Um, you mentioned that the alleged defendant was uh, had given you some uh, false um, ID or whatever they called it. Uh, is there mm-hmm. any evidence before the court that those were uh, inappropriate documents? You want to lock them on something that they don't have because you know they don't have it. Mm-hmm. You okay. want to get him to show on the record. That no, he don't have that. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to do. Uh, so really, you only get two things. Did have they have they gave you an amount that they that the so-called charges were for? Yeah, they didn't. And that was another thing that I had asked the public defender and the pool attorney: Is there a penal sum or commercial value to these charges? You know, as mm-hmm. far as the bill of particulars, will that can I have access to see that? No, we don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm talking about did they? I know they charge you. Uh, well, did they? Have you have you have you asked the clerk? Have you called the clerk to say uh, how much the the? Uh, okay, was it was it a traffic infraction or what was that they called it though? Well, it's these versus the traffic, but it's coming over into criminal. So we know it's quasi criminal because it's through uh, you know a statute for mm-hmm. for a motor vehicle. So you know, they, the way they're Correct. transferring it over into making it a criminal thing because it's jail time that's mm-hmm. involved in New Jersey is a mandatory, supposedly, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. under their statutes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Uh, so, But I would call the clerk, too, to see. Oh, I called him. Uh, yeah. Who was that? Hi there. Uh, this is Eric. I was just over here in the conversation here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that the the um the uh, the clerk will most likely not tell you because uh, mm-hmm. they're so scared of giving legal advice. Mm-hmm. So what, what you is- have to do, what what you have, you know, like if you say how much is the charge, what's the worst they could do, how many days in jail, you know, stuff like that, they they tend to shy away. They say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I can't give you any legal advice. You know, I'm not a lawyer. Um, you should contact the lawyer. Uh, one thing you could do is 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 look up the code on the internet, right? And then and through the state website, look at it. You know, there's misdemeanors, there's gross misdemeanors, there's felonies. You were saying that it might be a felony. 
Yeah, they felonies. They got them as felonies because they're fourth degree crimes. They're stating, and uh, I've contacted the clerk, and I've looked into the comptroller, but it's like a what did they say they were uh, something a finance officer of the county, and you know we don't know what you're talking about. We don't have any of that information. You know what I mean? So right, I've been right. They just when I'm asking them, they, so they don't want to tell you. That, that's just yeah, that's exactly. just that's just bottom line. They don't want to tell you because they don't want to get charged for practicing law without a license. Even though the cops that gave you the ticket, I mean, to me that sounds like they're practicing law. But uh, you know what I mean? Uh, but mm-hmm. they're not gonna tell you, man. You know, they're not gonna. Well, you could try, but um, that sounds like some pretty uh, serious stuff there. Um, can you tell us more of which one? Was it the ADA, the uh, world permit? Is that the one you used? To, you no, had? no, no, no. Just the IDT. Um, IDT. Let me see if I got it. It's from ICE. Let me see. I think I might have it. But it came out of, uh, I don't know. I, I probably can, uh, yeah, ISA. It was from a company called ISA. It's called the International Drivers Permit. IDA? IDA? International Driving Permit? IDP? Yeah, IDP. Yeah, you can look it up online. Mm -hmm. International Driving Permit. Did you resign your license? Say it again. Did you resign your license when you got that one? Mm -mm, Resend it. No, I had reserved my rights on it, though. You know what I mean? I was playing on the signature game, reserving all my rights. Like, you know what I mean? That would be a... the thing because they took it once they suspended it because it was taken for a, a DUI. So, but you know, I reserve my rights, everything I signed, just in case you know anybody tries to come at me legally. Hey, look over there, I reserved all my rights because you know, if this is a binding contract, you know, they tell you that the driver's license is not a contract, but then they compel you to perform and, and payment for any infractions, you know, on it, even though you're not operating in commerce. You know, right, transportation. Right. So it's like a catch twenty two thing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to prove that. You know, prove that in court. Um, I've some judges, they they just you know they don't even care because everything is commerce for them. They're just thinking about the paycheck. They're just thinking of how how they're gonna make cash out of you. You know, all crimes are commercial. You know, so yeah, they're just looking right. at a commerce. But um, I have I have a feeling that you're you're probably scaring some of those public defenders away. Or possibly some some lawyers with some of the paperwork you're filing, you know you have to be very careful what you file with those guys because they'll use that stuff against you. You know yeah. what I mean? So like mm-hmm. like you you stating you're you're not a U.S. citizen, you know they might say okay prove it. You know hey let me see your W-4. Let's see what you got going on here. Let's see this. Let's see that. You know so you mm-hmm. got to be very careful what you file to these guys because they will use that against you. And mm-hmm. uh, and and most lawyers you know their first their their first uh you know their their first job is to to honor the court first duty you know, yeah they, exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah yeah they're officers and and they got to honor the court they got to honor the judge so so you come up with some hardcore stuff saying hey you guys are a bunch of satanists this this and that <laughs> you know a lot of mm-hmm. lawyers would be like no nah, man I can't take take that case on you know I don't want to I don't want to um I don't want to burn my you know burn myself along the process um okay. But um, yeah, you should probably look up the statute and look up, look it up on 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 the state. You know, just look it mm-hmm. up and say, let's say the worst. You know, I know gross misdemeanors, per, you know, are like 364 days in jail. 
you know, that's like the worst and or, and or a $4,000 fine kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say you look it up and, and, you know, be careful what you file and, uh, you know, possibly, I, I, I never really trusted public defenders. I like to call them mm-hmm. public pretenders, mm-hmm. but, um, maybe, maybe you could find a competent attorney, you know, to help you out. Yeah, just, cash all, out just, they, just cash out, learn from, learn from the mistake and, you know what I mean? Keep going, keep going. Um, yeah. But um, I, I got Facebook, so if you want to talk more, man, we we could talk more on Facebook, man. Okay, what's that? What's that name? Oh, uh, you could get it from DL. You know, me and DL were, yeah, okay. were uh, pretty cool. So, so good luck okay. on that, yeah, man. And, and uh, there, thanks. Yeah, yeah, man. All right, man. Good luck, man. Peace, peace be on. All there. right, thank you. All right. Yeah. So, yes. So yeah, that that um, you know, I would I, I would try. Um, you know, just saying, just I keep hounding that clerk. I, and the reason why I said that is I've actually done that, you know, as well. You know, you just sometimes have to just keep maneuvering around till you get that clerk that's willing to, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mean to him or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. I would just, yeah. just let him know that, hey, can you, oh, can you please give me an estimated idea of how much these are? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know that way you got a, you know, you got an idea uh, of what's going on. So again, like I said, come Monday, it just sounds like to me that they're going to keep trying to hound you until uh, you try to, you know, get you to cave on in and all that good stuff uh, that they want against you. So, but uh, but you, but but you, but you have to be. You'll have to appear with that with that public uh, defender, wouldn't you? The pool attorney. Oh, pool attorney. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Pool attorney. That's, that's supposedly like uh, when the public defender is overbooked and they don't, you know, they understaffed or something. But like I told you, they sent me the letter saying, due to legal conflict of interest, they can't do it. So, you know, I looked up legal the con- legal conflict of interest, and basically mm-hmm. that is where one one or more of their clients, like the client, if I'm a client and the state a client, because, you know, they work for the state, so they mm-hmm. can't, you know, get into it or, or something to that matter. But what I was saying is, like, being like, you know, you know they're operating off of trust in the state. That what that in legis is, and that's what they're trying to do is access that account. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, so that's, that's, can that's you what even I ask? Go ahead. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying, even if you know that, you can ask them to have power of attorney over that estate and trust account with the sworn affidavit signed on the penalty of perjury that they have been authorized and that delegated authority to administer it. Mm-hmm. Let's see, that would have been done also. Any any information that you thought you might have wanted, um, mm-hmm. that was the time of the discoveries. But if I heard correctly, you left it up to the, uh, the public defender to do the discoveries. Is that what I heard? Yeah, it's not like I left it up to them. You know, I sent my paperwork in rebutting their charges, and they never got back to me. They got back to me and told me to put them in if I wanted it to be heard, and then, boom, that's when I, you know, got a letter to come in. And because, uh, you know, with the motion, I was, you know, I heard somewhere you, you give them jurisdiction even by putting the motion in. 
So well, it, well, I look at it. I looked at it that just by you responding uh, mm-hmm. is is given jurisdiction because without you responding, they have nothing to respond to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's how I've. That's how I have actually started looking at that. Because they, without you responding, they don't have anything, uh, you know. But then again, if you don't respond, then <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, but the, uh, my research is finding out even even the warrant is a contract. It's just like it's mm-hmm. almost like restarting all back over. You know, mm-hmm. just restarting all back over. They, you, they, uh, you know, you you presented the, uh, you know, you presented the, uh, the the or they presented the complaint or what they classify as a complaint, which was the mm-hmm. whatever the infraction was. And then, of course, if a trial is set, no one if you don't appear, um, mm-hmm. meaning into that public venue, not appear, you know, not necessarily. You can appear on paper, but I'm finding out that there is a whole different appearance that is in that courtroom. Uh, if you don't, if you don't bring your body there, they will classify that as a non-appearance. But of course, yeah. you know who who's that approved that you didn't appear? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, and I was uh, uh, I was incarcerated, so I that's the appearance bond that I had to post to get out. Am I correct? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe. I mean, like, what? What were you incarcerated for, though? They that day for the infraction. That you know, the, when they pulled me over, I was locked up for that. You know, they took huh. my body. Like, yeah, so you I know mean, what I mean? I, I mean, oh, gotcha. So, okay, so they went on in and immediately because you because they show. Okay, let me go back. Mm-hmm. When you got pulled over. Yeah, I always like to ask questions in case I miss something. When you get pulled over, which what did you give them? The IDT. Well, first I asked them for an emergency. Mm-hmm. No, you know, this is a minor traffic, traffic, you know, stop, and uh, I just need to know if you all right, if you've been drinking, or da, 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 and I'm not, you know, I'm just traveling, you know, I'm not driving. All right, mm-hmm. well, do you have any identification? I got my travel papers and, mm-hmm. you know, gave him the IDT and the registration and insurance. Uh-uh, and wait, 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 wait. You're going real fast. I'm going to show you. Problem. <laughs> that, watch this. Okay, the that IPP that you're referring to, mm-hmm. what name is on there? My spiritual name. Okay, stay right there. Stay right mm-hmm. there. Now, Go to your. What was the next? What was the next document you gave them? Registration. Okay, stay right there. What name was on there? And legis. Bam! I knew yep. it was one. Mm-hmm. That's what. Did, that's what did it. You see how you yeah. different. You see how they get. They. You see how they get us. They we mm-hmm. they use they use those instruments against us, and that's what was going on. Uh, mm-hmm. that, and so um, back, see, you're right on it now. You're actually learning from this because, because mm-hmm. I don't really even need to hey, hear anything else. I knew there was a connection, some kind of where. I just didn't know where until I said, wait a minute, you, I knew I heard something somewhere. So mm-hmm. going back to the trust part, um, putting, you know, that's the next phase that I'm telling people to start doing now is putting our items, 
you know, into mm-hmm. a trust. How far have yeah. you gotten, how far have you uh gotten on that study? Or do you know someone that has done, has done that? Well, not really cuz I, you know, I'm studying trying to, you know, uh get around this situation right here. You know, oh, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm studying the law and the trust mm-hmm. thing is like, you know, so, but yeah. I mean, I know that's the next phase that, that you have to do, but even to go back with that, the injunction has the spiritual name on it as well. And mm-hmm. the league is together, letting them know that that's my spiritual name mm-hmm. and that that's my property, the league is, you know, mm-hmm. with the authenticated birth certificate, the DBA mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I know it's a um like that, you know, it's a learning experience because you know, you can get get all of this stuff and not connect the dots because you know, this the all of that injunction stuff been in there for over a year. You know, it's been oh, like okay. over a year and stuff like that. But uh I mean I mean it is what it is and you know, I'm just learning that uh you know, you deal with it and you learn from it, but you know, the next time how they get them, but Especially mm-hmm. when you put like the brother that just told me, you know, you got to watch the paperwork you put in because mm-hmm. they will use it against you. But at the same time, it can, if you don't know how how to use it, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like worthless. And then it'll, you know, dud itself out. And then you got to mm-hmm. start all over again because they'll Correct. recontract you. you mm-hmm. know? Correct. And then using their instruments that they have against them, too. That's the whole mm-hmm. point of the discovery. So I mean, it's it's like it's like since we use the word court, it is is that it's like two it's <laughs> like game. it's like two players playing a game. It's just yeah. really, I mean, it can't get no you know simpler than me than that. You know, I hate mm-hmm. that that's what we're dealing with, but that is where we are. You yeah. know, so but but thank you for coming you know coming on and sharing. But like I said on Monday. Get uh well first before you get off j- just inbox me uh on Facebook mm-hmm. so I can give you yeah I'm gonna do that right now okay so that I can uh you know respond uh, on Monday when you get out of there so okay so you do that for me and again I do appreciate you you know coming on to you know and have your comments and all that so do anyone else uh on the call tonight that have a question. Sound like I hear someone else. Somebody else got a comment? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He likes that right there. Somebody got a comment? Okay. If we don't have anyone else that has a question or concern, we're going to end up, uh, if you do got a question, we're going to end up getting off a little early on tonight. Uh, unmute yourself if you do. Uh, so we've been at this for an hour and 30 minutes now. All right, I got a question. Go ahead. Uh, well, first question, after I ask the question, how do I mute myself so that I don't interrupt the answer? Oh, no. You can. Oh, you should just be able to, if you're on your cell phone, you can just push mute. Oh, okay. I thought I had to hit a pound sign. Okay. Uh, so um, the question is uh, traffic ticket uh, mm-hmm. through municipal court and uh, a bunch of paperwork filed. They don't honor anything, so it really wasn't working. And in the end, um, sometimes it's easiest, which it sounds like just get an attorney to make it disappear 
out here all, all, all tickets get reduced to parking and so you just pay the fine. But uh so what are the suggestions, if any? Uh it's been settled at this point, uh and there's a fine that's now outstanding, um, you know, with the court with a due date that's like in August sometime. Uh and they won't send a bill that you could then perhaps try to do some kind of accepted for value or whatever, whatever. They won't send the bill. But there's an outstanding amount due sometime in August. And instead of sending them Federal Reserve notes, maybe send them a bond or, or maybe, you know, kind of deal with it without getting another warrant issued. Uh, any suggestions on that? Well, I, I and, I'm, and you may not know a lot about me, but I'm very detailed. So because you said a whole lot in there. The first you said it's been, the issue been settled, and when I hear the word settle, I hear there's nothing else to settle. But you still got a question. So let me go back. Um, let's start to the very beginning uh, so that I can know where to give you advice on um, because then I thought I heard something about a warrant too. But let me, that's why I'm saying let's go back so I can make sure I don't miss anything. Start from, start from the beginning, meaning when you get pulled over. Uh, all right. So got pulled over for um, going through a red light, mm-hmm. uh, the whole reservation of rights, recording, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, perfected a jurisdiction on the spot on the side of the road. But as I said, you know, a young officer doesn't really know, doesn't mm-hmm. care, you know, write you the ticket. Okay, reservation of right on the, on the autograph on the ticket, uh, okay. only in blue ink and, and only the reservation of right, not even a name, just that. So it should be clearly visible and perhaps, you know, a DA, you know, viewing it prior to filing it would not file it. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it actually took about a, a about a month before it got filed, so I did think that it was going to not be a problem. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So, when you, so when you did that, when you get the right net on there, are, are you saying a whole month went by? Was this in-state or out-of-state issue? Uh, in-state or out-of-state, I'm not really sure what I mean. I mean... Meaning, meaning did, this, did, this, did this stop happen within your state where you live? <laughs> you know, I'm detail oriented too and <laughs> I don't live in a federal state. Uh it, it was in the same uh state perhaps uh according to their jurisdiction that I might, you know, Dang. spend some of my time, but uh I, I don't Dang. have a driver's license in the same state um that it was issued, but I do spend a lot of time within that territory, so uh, okay. you know. Okay. Gotcha now. I see where you're going now. And I now and now I understand what you I understand your answer. Okay. So uh, when you so you sign that reserve rights, all that good stuff. So then, what did you do? Uh, well, that, that's a good point. There, there therein lies a question, uh, which I'll, I don't know if I'll ever have the answer to. But uh, it didn't get filed. I checked. I checked the uh, the court records, you know, daily and weekly, and we were at two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and I felt pretty confident that this week was handled based on the perfection of jurisdiction and the reservation of right. But mm-hmm. uh, because I was feeling a little bit honorary. Uh, and I had recorded the officer, you know, interrupting, interfering with my rights, and I had mm-hmm. perfected my jurisdiction. So then I began an administrative default process on him uh, and sent him out, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know the details off the top of my head, but basically, you know, an affidavit stating that uh, on this day and time, these are the things that took place, and is it true that I did reserve my rights or is it not, and blah, blah, blah. I referenced okay, the how, video that I recorded, you know, because okay. I have evidence of all of it. And, okay, uh, but, and I, but, but, but how did you send that? How did you send that, though? 
Uh, once I got that affidavit together, I, uh, I sent it uh, certified, not registered, and I sent it to his attention over at the uh, Metro Police, uh, you know, local Metro station, which I called and verified he would be able to to obtain it. Um, okay. So you sent a so certified I, mail? Did you sent a certified mail, you said? Correct. So did you get the green card back? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean... I don't. I don't think I sent it. Let me think. Uh, I definitely sent it certified. The green white slip that it sent certified. I don't recall if I did a signature card. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So then, how long? How much time had went by after you sent that? Uh. Well, again, I knew I was doing an admin default process on him. I didn't expect any kind of response from him based on what I was asking him. He couldn't respond, and I think I might have given either five or ten days before I sent uh, notice of default and then another the same five or ten days before I sent notice of acceptance of default. And I, I only mention that because, I mean, you know, perhaps the, the process, perhaps the ticket would never have been filed, but undoubtedly I would say the officer received some of these documents, which looked pretty serious. I, I think I had a copy of his oath of office in there. Uh, and he probably went to talk to someone saying, yo, what the heck is this? What am I going to do about this? And maybe that put me, you know, on the radar. I don't know. Oh, okay, so okay, let me okay. So you sent the uh, you sent the affidavit to the officer, and he didn't respond within how many days you put in there for him to respond? Uh, it, it definitely was not a twenty one day respond. It was either five or ten that I was working with okay. at the time. I don't recall. <laughs> so then after that ten days had went by, then you sent him what? I sent him the uh, notice of default. Uh, for okay. the lack of response to the affidavit, he didn't answer anything. He didn't rebut anything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, giving him the opportunity to now respond. Uh, okay. And that was sent the same way, certified. Okay. And then the last one, what was that again you sent? The last document. Notice, notice of acceptance of default. Okay, gotcha. And so then after you did that, what did you do? Uh, I didn't really do anything. I was, you know, perfecting what, well, I, I mean, I felt like I was perfecting my administrative default process. So, I mean, I was there we go. You were absolutely, you're absolutely correct. That's my whole point of asking that you are actually doing exactly that because the only thing you would have had left to do would be file uh, a case in federal. <laughs> is that, or even do your, do a motion to dismiss it? Cause right now nothing's been, Nothing was nothing was even requested to do to even be dismissed upon the default that you just you know gave them. But what I'm uh, telling people yeah. to what I'm telling people to do too though, uh, everything on that to check out that the uh, ticket itself, check out every single thing on there because sometimes they will uh, it'll be from two different entities at least on what I've seen. So I'm telling you people to default everybody meaning. Send it, send, send your – that affidavit you sent to that officer should have been also sent to the district attorney or the prosecutor, if that's the word they call in in, in that area. you got yeah. to – and send it to the clerk. So you have about – you have about – you starting off really got two entities, but if it's three entities listed there or different addresses, you wanted to default every last entity that's involved is the key. Yeah, the officer, the the DA if it's county, the city attorney if it's municipal, and the clerk of either of the courts. I I've had I haven't had any success with clerk of the courts actually putting it on the record 
uh, mm-hmm. or in the file from mailing it in. Next, I'm going to start walking it in and putting it on. But but keep in mind, I didn't have a case because there was nothing filed even up until that point. And then, lo and behold, I decided mm-hmm. to just check it one day, and boom, it was filed. So it was about uh, four weeks after the ticket that it finally got filed. Gotcha. Yeah. And so then, okay, when you did finally see it listed or, or when you went online, how many days uh, went by before you did anything else? Well, this is where, you know, it, 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 it the system is, you know, obviously shit, and it was kind of rigged and, and confusing. So in this case, I mentioned earlier it was municipal, and I've had my experiences with, with, uh, with county uh, as well, and this was different. So So what happened here? Well, I mean, to just to just reflect on county real quick, when I had another one for, for, for uh, the county, um, you know, when there was a court date filed, there's a hearing date listed on the uh, online. You know, you go on, you put the ticket number in or your, your you know, your property info, your name, and, and then, you know, all the info is there, including a hearing date. So now with municipal, when it was filed on the particular day, uh, I see that it's filed. Uh, I see the date of the ticket, which was, a, you know, a month previous, and I see the, the current amount that they're saying is now due regarding that citation, 250 bucks, whatever it was at the time. And I don't see anything having to do with a hearing. So to me, it's like, well, there's no hearing. There's no, nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. You know, you, you filed it, it's open, but there's no hearing. There's no court date. So there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. So I did nothing. Oh, yeah. Just, but, but estimatingly, once you saw that it was filed, how many days went by before you did anything? Or are you saying you didn't do anything? Well, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't really do much except I kept checking it because, again, without a hearing date, uh, you're just telling me that there's this fine due, and I, I don't, I don't know, I don't subscribe to that, you know. Uh, Correct. So I did keep, I did, I did. You're not even calling me before a judge, so there's just, there's, to me, this is not a real case. Obviously, we all know it's all fraud anyway, but you know, what, what, what is one supposed to do? So mm-hmm. I, I guess in hindsight, now that I, now that I'm, you know, in hindsight, knowing it was filed. I could have mm-hmm. then went into the court and tried to physically put something onto the record. But before it's filed, you, they, they won't let you put anything on the record. There is no record because there's no file. So, mm-hmm. so once it was filed and it just showed an amount due on that particular day, each day I would log on, I would see the current date that I was logging on. is now The, the amount due is now the current date. And no, there was no change for, for literally weeks. And then, uh, then one day I logged on and I see late notice sent. So mm-hmm. late notice sent is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, late notice was sent to the address on the DL. That's mm-hmm. completely uh, in a different territory that I wouldn't have access to. Um, okay. And address uh, or, or late notice sent to the more localized address that I would use that they have communicated with me before, uh, nothing had come there, of course. So no late notice was ever received. And again, what does a late notice mean to me? All right, it's due, it's late. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. There's no hearing. I don't got to go before a judge, you know, so I didn't do nothing. And then, you know, weeks and weeks passed, probably another 30 days or more. Uh, and then uh, I checked and there was some more updated info on it. And then, again, to add more confusion to it, it listed that, uh, you know, in the event, again, still no hearing, but in the event, it was like it was, it says something about being sent to collections. There was additional fines based on all of that. And then it was also put into warrant. So it was like a simultaneous to collections. I got a and question. Yeah. Oh. Can I have something on this? Yes, go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, so is this affecting your driving record? Uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know really what, what that means. Uh, I guess I'll answer it like this. In the territory that we're talking about, 
Uh, again, as I mentioned, if you, especially if you hire an attorney, I don't know if you can do it on your own, but if you hire an attorney, uh, they're often like 50 bucks or they're even free, uh, and all tickets are, are dropped to parking. And they're not trying to, to suspend people's licenses. You know, all tickets are dropped to parking, zero points, and go on about your day, and we'll take more of your money later. So it's not affecting a driving record in that respect. It would be affecting a driving record in the respect that if you log on to the municipal court, you're going to see that as another charge that's on that file, On you know, there's many over well, the years. Has your insurance rates spiked due no, to it? No. No, 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 okay. No, so it's not so so then they, uh, I guess they're charging you as a non-moving violation. That's what I'm guessing. It's dropped to not, it, it, it's dropped right, to right. All, all tickets are dropped so, to parking in this area. I guess my question is 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 is, is your is is it really worth your time to take this to federal court? You know, cuz you you already sound pretty stressed out over the phone. You you sound overwhelmed by it. So I mean, is oh, it really worth it to take it to federal court? No, no, no. I I uh I'm actually just relaxing out of park right now watching a soccer game. I'm I'm just uh, passionate about life in general, uh, and okay. I am passionate about my freedom and, and being able to either correct my status, preferably within the system so I never have to deal with such a thing or on a per-item basis. But, uh, no, I'm not stressed out at all. Uh, and, yeah, when I said settled, of course, that's an ambiguous term. Yeah, they found you guilty, right? Uh, yeah, it's considered happened. guilty. It's considered guilty because right. ultimately when they, when they ignored all my paperwork, uh, you know, then, then then a warrant issued, and I just don't really feel like being picked up and then having to try to fight them on the side of the road to get sucked in. Uh, then okay. at that point, given, okay. the, given the circumstances, it's easiest to just have an attorney make it go away for free. You, and then you, mention, you mentioned a warrant. Are you saying – how did that come to be? I just mentioned that before. After probably two months after the entire thing, remember, uh, about you know the weeks and weeks passed, and then it, uh, late notice, and then the weeks and weeks passed, and then uh, said that it went to collections. And mm-hmm. and a warrant at the same time. So that's oh, when yeah. you know. To me, to me, once there's a warrant issued, you know, even though yeah, that doesn't have to do with me, and I'm the flesh and blood. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna go to jail though. They're gonna take you to jail, and I don't really feel like doing that. I'd rather sleep in my bed next to my lovely wife. So absolutely. Uh, you know, that that's now, when it's time to just call the attorney in and start over on the next one or whatever. But but suffice to say, that's why since we're on the call, I'm saying, hey, here's an interesting scenario where an attorney did step in. Uh, the guilty plea was entered. The uh, the matter was settled in terms of the fine amount. There's no warrant. The case is closed. The fine amount is due, and it's not due until August something. If they would send me a bill, then I would look at the various possibilities of trying to, you know, accept it for value and consideration and try and discharge that debt, but they won't give me a bill. Are you, so are you any saying, suggestions on how to handle the $500 bill that's due, that's kind of where the, where the question was. Okay. But you, you, said, you said you got an attorney. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Okay, and what did that attorney do? Did you say the attorney, like, what, pled guilty for you? Is that what I heard? Yeah, you know, uh, you, you, you know, when you get the attorneys to handle these tickets in this in this city, you know, they just they just schedule an attorney client, uh, an attorney uh, DA session, basically, mm-hmm. you know, get a drop to a parking and and put the fine on the calendar, you know, like how, when does oh, the fine do? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, and hey. so I oh. now. To answer your question, finally, even though we went all the way around the world, but I I like to make sure I don't uh, miss anything because uh, can you do you think when you when you got the when they made it a fine, did you did you ask for something to be print out of that fine? You know, from from like the clerk. 
or got the attorney to do is the attorney still involved in it or anything of that nature? No, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, obviously we all know that they they've perfected their system. They know what they're doing, you know, like attorney goes in, schedules the the attorney session, uh, gets a drop to a parking ticket, you get an email from him saying, Here's the fine, it's due by then and if you get online you can see that same you know, you can pay online. Uh, or, you know, you can call the clerk, and which I've done, and I say, can you send me a bill? And they're like, no, we don't do that. I can't get you them to send me a bill. You know? Yeah, but what about sending you a copy of the fine? Uh, I don't know. I never thought about asking for a copy of the I fine. Would I, was, I would try, because I'm now I'm headed where you were heading. Remember, you was talking about doing the accepted for value thing? That's yeah. where I'm headed. And the only way to do that is having some type of resentment from them then of course that's still enough that's still in itself another administrative process as well, of course, is where I'm headed. So I'm actually now finally answering the question. Is is to do that is uh if you can, um get a copy of that uh the best way you can and, and whatever they give you you know, use that as their presentment so that you can do some type of uh administrative process or if you you know if you're going to do the accepted for value thing still giving them an opportunity to rebut that you know whatever that you language you're going to use is the whole key so that you can put them once again into a default and then once again if you have to uh do an appeal in the in in a higher court then you can use all of those exhibits that you're sending out to them with the green cards and having proof of signatures and all that stuff. It's the whole point of me even mentioning any of that, of course. So yeah, I mean, one one of the reasons I began the administrative process on the officer in the first place, it's not my first process. I've done several, and, uh, you know, you get better at everything you practice. So I was I was content just doing that and figuring that, you know, once I've perfected my admin, admin default process, the next step is what? It's going to be to take that into federal court and file a claim against, you know, whoever the party is. Mm-hmm. Um, and or, one of the reasons I wasn't prepared to do that, because that, that was like the next uh, the next chapter of, of information to learn, because I, I don't want to go into federal court and pay them $380 to file a case. I don't feel like that applies to me due, due to the diversity of citizenship that I actually scheduled a meeting with the, uh, with the city clerk and tried to discuss that with them, which, you know, how that went. Uh, now, how much... Did- how much did you say for about for federal? What was it you said the amount again? Uh, they they want let's say like three hundred and fifty bucks to file a claim. Oh no, you didn't know it was for free. I know it's for free, but for me it's for free. But there, any any code that they're going to point to that, that that references some kind of fee is going to have to do with some U.S. citizen or U.S. person or legal fiction. It's not me. So. Uh, oh no, but, you do, you do have you, you do know there's a form you can fill out. Uh, what form is that? Uh, asking them oh. for some kind uh, of... Uh, well, of course. See, the whole key is, regardless of which angle we go, we're still involved in a commercial activity. See, we can't get... I see where you're going, but still, you need, you need, you're you needing... It, it, it'll be difficult to say, well, I, I don't need any assistance from or any benefits from you all, but yet you still will be giving them a benefit anyway if you pay the fine. So one or the other, you're going to do something. It's what option you would choose. So my whole point of view mentioning that is, is that most federal courts have what they call a formal purpose form where you can fill out uh, and uh, to uh, have it to get those fees waived. I, I well, just, that, 
I'm sorry. sorry. What's the name, what's the name of the former? Former Papa. Former, it's, former Papa? Uh-huh. It, yes. It's when you, it's really saying you can't afford that. You, you, I mean, like, where am I, technically, where is the money? We don't really have money anyway. Those, even those instruments they're looking for is promised to pay later. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but you might go online, uh, no matter what court you use, um, uh, if you're using the, the uh, state court or whatever, go online, and normally they have it where you can just simply go on their on their uh, website or uh, and download them uh, or, or create your own. You know, go look look Google formal pockets form and just uh, whatever the court you're going to file that in, match it, let it mirror the same heading style that they use and put it together yourself. There's another way. I've had, I know people that have done that, you know, themselves too, especially for federal. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be uh, one of the next chapters that I dive into because once I have free access to the court and I've already been administrative defaulting people, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to really start handling my, my commercial affairs proper like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing about that. I mean, like, I know people, you know, you know, we do the, the challenging of jurisdiction. I say to use that perhaps to if you need more time and all that. I say use those to your to your advantage just to really get them. And to, the whole key to it all in my book is just simply no matter what you do, is to get them into default and then closing that whole case out in default when you get a, if you want to say a judgment or an order or a dismissal, I don't care what they call it. At the end of the day, as long as it's done is the key. Right. So, so I would say I've done another admin default where I had, and I even put a motion in. This is a different case entirely. Don't want to get into the details, but I'm just going to touch upon it for the listeners that mm-hmm. uh, all of it was mail certified to the clerk, never mm-hmm. put onto the record, never honored in any way. And mm-hmm. I think the next time I'm in the same boat where I've got an admin default, you know, stack ready to go and a motion ready to dismiss based on default. Uh, I'm probably going to walk it in and make sure it gets file stamped, you know, so there's no ignoring it from the mail. Mhm. Absolutely. That's another thing. Absolutely. You're you're on the right. You know. You're on going down the right path. You know. So that's what I'm suggesting. If we can, can we touch upon uh, what you're talking about? Getting uh, if they're not going to send me a bill, right? The existing uh, debt, alleged debt. So they're not going to send me a bill. Can I get a printout of the fines? Is there anything mm-hmm. stopping us then, in that case, from just logging onto the uh, the case on the computer? Which has uh, the name, the case number, and the fines. They printed that out. It would look very much like a bill, almost. It would be the same particulars, no? Well, that's what I would. Do. I would do that too. The whole point is, you are going to use something of theirs, to, but you're going to eventually send it back to them. Of course, you know, with the language of like you were saying earlier about acceptance for value. But then I would, on top of that, attach some type of document. Uh, it could be it could be a it could be a brief affidavit or uh, something like that, um, just something to let them know that they have now. Uh, after you use the you know A for V, if that's what you're going to use, giving them what ten days or whatever you you know you're going to decide, so that once again you can get them into default. And the whole point of that is you want to be you want to be organized. You want to send a certified mail. Everything, every single thing you do, 
in that process, you want proof of it, meaning you want proof to somebody, sign that they got it, and you're going to use all of those exhibits so that you can uh, go over into the either the state uh, in case they, and that's assuming let's say they don't, you know, make extra copies of everything. Let's assume let's say you even do a, a motion in that court, that is that traffic court, and let's assume let's say they throw it out. Well, that's fine. You're going to appeal then what they just threw out in a higher court is what you do uh, because that's the only option that you can do. Could you could you discuss briefly maybe uh, which step you're talking about first? Because I'm a, I'm a little confused. Let's say that I printed off the website the particulars and that, or, or I got them to send me you know mm-hmm. the the particulars of the uh, alleged debt that's due. So now I have something from them, and now mm-hmm. what what are we talking about? I'm sending an A for V based on that up front, or I'm doing an A for default and sending Correct. that later. Can you discuss that briefly? <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, you're taking that instrument, whether you print it off, whether you go in and get it. I really would hope that you can go in and get it because there may be something different outside of what you even see online. That's my whole point of mentioning that one, of course. So then, of course, first thing, if I were in your shoes, it's like what you already mentioned. If you do A for V, also on top of the A for V would be a document, affidavit, whatever term you want to call it, saying, hey, uh, I've accepted this for uh, value or whatever language you want to use, giving them 10 days to rebut that. And that's assuming, let's say, 10 days go by, they don't rebut it, good. Send them like you've normally always done. Let's let's get into some of the detail on that, if you don't mind, because I I think if I'm mistaken, you know, yeah, we're talking about an accepted for value administrative default process. So all of it is contained in the first letter that I'm going to send to them because after that it's just a notice of default and an acceptance of default. Those are real, real standards. So let's talk about what that first one is. I have the uh, particulars printed out. I'm sending in, uh, maybe I'm writing directly on that thing that it's accepted for value and consideration and returned for full settlement and closure of the accounting. And then what kind of affidavit are we talking about? Uh, Oh, well, no, I was just, I was just I was just giving an example, but you've actually just answered your own question, believe it or not. When you said <laughs> you would have when you would have said you written on that, see the whole point after you wrote on that is just you're simply putting a document together. I just so happen to use the word affidavit. Uh mm-hmm. but if you want to list in that document what you just said, uh I've accepted this for value for account closure, whatever term you want to put that in there, the whole point is you're giving them the 10 days to rebut it. That, oh, we don't accept these that language or whatever. Giving them an opportunity to rebut that is the whole key. So okay. uh, uh, that is, that is you actually, uh, that is exactly what I would do. Uh, now, so, this is a good question I think might, might help a lot of people because I know that I, this one confuses me often. So let's say that I print their thing out or I get a copy from them, of course, and I and I write on it the accepted for value and consideration return for full settlement and closure. How, mm-hmm. how would you suggest would be the, the most proper autograph? I'm supposed to autograph that, right? Because I know there's various ways. Absolutely. I mean, am I, who, who is it that's authorized to discharge? Isn't that the straw man technically that has the, uh, there you the go. right to discharge? There so, you go. There you go. Just selling out the first middle, last name in all capital letters, and, like, that's the autograph on it? Or are we talking about the by colon and then a scribble, you know, it, which would be like the it, living man, and then a DBA, it, and then the full front of uh, first it, and last? What is, 
It don't matter how you rotate. You could turn it upside down if you want to. The whole point to that all is the 10-day you're trying to get them into default. So I don't okay. care if you turn it sideways. You, you you flip the middle name to the downward while the first name is flipped to the side. At the end of the day, you're still just trying to get them into default is the key. But but as far as, you know, which is the name or or, or who should be doing the autograph is really where my a little bit of my confusion was. Oh, are you saying who, who's the authorized representative? Is that the language you're referring to, or something like uh, that? Yeah, I mean, essentially, I, I mean, I mean, I'm I am the flesh and blood man and the authorized representative of the entity, which is the full capital letter name people refer to as a straw there man, right? So. It, there it you is go. It is a straw man that has the ability to discharge debt. Technically, is it not? It's not? It's not really the flesh and blood man with the ability to discharge debt. It's the straw man account that has Correct. the ability to discharge debt. So. So is it just a straw man that so, – so, yeah, what's the best possible autograph that, uh, you know, should should authorize it most 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 properly, you know? Well, I, I, I'm yet to find one that – I'm yet to find a certain way to autograph something to say, oh, I found out that if you turn it that way, if you put the semicolon there, oh, they responded quickly. I'm yet to see. I'm yet to see that do anything. Because what I mean by yet to see that do anything is the whole point of getting them into default. That's why I say that. It's really I'm yet to see a certain way that if you didn't do it, they send you a letter say, "Well, we would have accepted it for value, but you didn't put your semicolon here." That, that's my point. Uh, I guess. Yet- let, let me ask you like this, because uh, I still have a little bit of confusion. Like I feel, and I could be mistaken. That's why I'm asking. Like I feel that, like a lot of times when we're doing stuff and we're trying to autograph it. Like say I'm doing a. Uh, I don't don't want to change the subject here, but let's say that I take a check and I'm, you know, non-depositing the check. I'm non-endorsing it, and I, and I put, you know, uh, demand for lawful money. It's suggested that that at the bottom of that statement, demand for lawful money, 12 U.S.C. section 411, I would then put by colon. And then and then autograph it. So you know, with the, with the squiggly name. So so by colon is the identifier that it's the authorized representative, the flesh and blood man that's making the demand for lawful lawful money. Uh, so so now let's move that idea over to this. If I did okay. by colon and scribbled, then that mm-hmm. really only represents the flesh and blood man, as far as I comprehend it. But yet it's the it's the straw man that has the ability to do the discharge. So then maybe yes. it shouldn't be that. Maybe it should just be the the fully capital spelled first middle last name only written, not even scribbled, just written legible in capital letters, and then that's his signature. By by definition, it would be a signature, maybe not an autograph, but a signature. I get I get exactly. What I understood what you said the first time. But the part I want you to make sure you understood what I was saying is when you get through with all of that that you just got through saying, you still want to, you still, the whole point is giving them the 10 day rule. Whether you say, oh, I found the perfect way to autograph it, I do it this way. The whole point is you still wanted to give them the 10 days to rebut it and they don't. So, so okay. I mean, I, yeah, I'm aware of the 10 day, and it seems like you've been emphasizing that, and I've been ignoring that because I already know about the 10 day. <laughs> I've been trying to the question related to how to autograph it properly. If you're saying it doesn't matter how we autograph it, then I got it done. It doesn't matter it how you autograph it. It, it, it does not. Is it? It does not matter, and because and, the key to it all is you just want them to be in default. Even if you just would have just put a big old X on there and said, "Hey, I've accepted this for value by by showing up this X." 
Well, an ex, an ex would actually work according to their ridiculous legal system. An ex is of an invalid, right? But that's, that's well within their jurisdiction, so that would work. Yeah, I, I tell you, these days, these days, I end. I was over at a at, at an auto shop. A little side note: I'm at an auto shop. I'm getting some work done on the vehicle. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm getting some work done on the automobile. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to leave with them. They want to cover their liability. They give me a document. They say, "Here, sign here," and they draw an X right on the signature line before handing me the document. I'm like, uh. Can you give me another one? I'm like, I don't uh-huh. sign with it. You know, like, that's just not acceptable to me. I'm not an invalid. I don't sign with an X. You just, <laughs> you just autographed it for me with an X. Now it doesn't even matter what I put after that, you know? But but, but you know what? <laughs> Thinking about that, when you said they were using the X, when they put their X there, uh, <laughs> you, you kind of wonder if you could have taken that and used that against them later down the road and say, hey, I didn't sign that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your signature. That's your signature. I didn't put an X there, and literally you didn't. You're not the one who put that X there. Oh, yeah. but I, been, I meant to ask, is uh, is this Paul? What's your name? This is. This is. This is. <laughs> That's what I thought. I knew that before it sounded familiar. Because I think you had you had did uh, a process uh, as well, uh, if I'm if I remember hearing correctly. You did the um, – uh, on one of your, one of the citations, and you might 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 not be the same person, but were you the one who had gotten the gotten that citation and you turned it in before or within the three day the, the, the this, three days? That's, that's that's this one actually. Yeah, I I do tend to get you know you know my fair share of of ticket citations, whatever you want to call them, because I don't mind doing it. I mean, um, it's a it's a living learning process, you know. But yeah, the one that we're actually talking about. Is the one that I I I did my first uh, return within 72 hours for cause. So I was really excited about it because it was going really well. And perhaps mm-hmm. if I didn't try to even admin default the officer, maybe that would have been fine. I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, and see that little part. I'm glad you mentioned that little part uh, about that because I don't I don't remember hearing that part about you had you know really you technically sent it to the officer instead of the DA or or if it's the prosecuting attorney, if that's what they call it. I, I, I did both, actually. I did the refusal for cause to both. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, let me think. I Well, I would have done the refusal for cause I did to the to the clerk and to the DA, or in this but, case it was city municipal, so it would have been the city attorney. So I did the refusal for cause to, to, to the two of them with the originals and the original autographs to the clerk because that's mm-hmm. supposed to be on the record, everything original, right? So original mm-hmm. ticket mm-hmm. with original autographs and everything to the clerk, copies of everything, uh, probably even some original autographs to the to the D, to the city attorney, um, and then the administrative default was just a separate process that went to the officer himself. Oh, gotcha. Now, do you have something that's coming up? Do you like have a, like a hearing or something coming up? No, that's what I said. This particular uh, ticket never had a hearing scheduled ever, so it was like, what what is there to do? There's no hearing, you know. I have oh, heard of. <laughs> That is amazing, but yet they issued. But okay, so you they issued the warrant. You got an attorney. End up doing the guilty thing. Now we're back to the fine again. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now wow. let's just, it, it might not mean anything, but it might be worth a, a short mention. They eventually the the warrant issued on the computer. Now I fortunately never got stopped on the side of the road and had some officers, you know, computer in his car tell me there was a warrant and he was taking me in. I mention that because they're, you know, they're tricky, and sometimes they send you. I've heard of them sending letters to you about a warrant is issued when in fact there's no warrant. 
So it's tricky oh, wow. to come in, it's tricky to pay. So I don't know if they, you know, if it was really kind of, uh, uh, you know, a bluff or a fraudulent thing, but it was on the computer. It showed that it was a warrant, and that was enough for me to be like, all right, I don't need to find out, you know, and spend the night in jail, you know. Absolutely. I see, I do I do comprehend that. I see what you're saying. Never a hearing date, you know, never a hearing date. It's ridiculous, you know. Wow, that is amazing. That's that's just why I was like I like to ask and make sure I didn't miss anything because I was like, huh, well, 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 we know it's uh, what the system is anyway. So, but. This, this is kind of how the breakdown works. I, I want to explain it to you and to the listeners because this is just how I'm, what I'm experiencing here, and I find, it, I find it ridiculous and fascinating at the same time. So just to give you an idea and try to wrap your mind around this. So in this case, this was municipal. You get a ticket, right? Uh, it didn't get filed, then it did get filed. Now, now all of a sudden there's a, there's a court date. So I, I went in one time where there was a there was a court date going to be coming up in in the weeks or months. So I went in early because uh, mm-hmm. it was saying that it was in Department uh, 19 or something like that. So I went in to talk to one of the clerks uh, to say, well, who's the judge for Department 19? I wanted to start to get that oath of office pulled. And they were like, huh, what? They were confused by the department I was mentioning. Then they say, mm-hmm. oh, Department 19 just means all of those 20 windows over there where you would pay the fine. And I'm like, oh, wow. so I have a court date coming up in the, in the, in the month or whatever. And the department is just, you know, you know, by that date, right, on or before that date, go to the department 19, which means go to the window and pay. So I'm like, well, I don't, you know, of course, naturally, I don't want to go to the window and pay. So <laughs> if you put, it, why would I want to do that? Why would I, you know, why would I, you know, I'm not compelled to do anything, you know, I'm not, I don't want to pay. So wow. you go, if you go to talk to any of the clerks or whatever, then, of course, they try to reel you right in and say, oh, well, if you don't want to pay, then, then they want you to plead not guilty with them right there in order to then schedule it for a hearing in front of a judge. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to plead not guilty. It's not even a hearing date. It, you know, you're telling me there's a court date, but it's not even before a judge. It's simply before a window where I'm supposed to pay. And if I don't oh, pay, huh. then you want me to, to plead not guilty in order to get a hearing before a judge. I don't feel like doing anything. So I didn't do Wait, I would have but, anything, but that will go to but, war. But you know what I just heard? What I hear is, what, okay, when they said, basically it was as if it was saying that you have a meeting at Department 19, it's like the clerk is really acting as the judge too so that you can hear the, so that the clerk can hear the plea to set it for trial. Yeah. Isn't that yeah, amazing? Why, why would I go into there and just pay a window of my money? And if I didn't want to pay them the money, why would I beg them to to put it before a judge? If it's not before a judge already, I, to me, there's no there's no matter to settle, right? But but oh, it will wow. go to warrant, and you'll have an issue, you know. Oh wow, that is amazing. Now, where you say you're at now, so we can remember not to come there. Well, it's the area of Las Vegas, which actually is quite <laughs> lovely. Uh, so I'm not to come. And, and even if you get yourself roped up into this ridiculousness, the one good thing about this area is that it's never about points and suspending licenses. It's always about pay the fine and it's the parking ticket. So the so the commerce just keeps going. Wow, my my. Mm. Oh well, I hope I my little two cents of, uh, of of at least attempting to hopefully you get a copy of the of the fines and and try that format. Hopefully that will be of some uh, help. Uh, with this uh, system that we deal with, uh, so. But uh, I, one, it's always good to hear you come on and uh, and get your uh, get your opinion and, and your input as well. So yeah, uh, and try. You know, I like being out there on the edge. I'm looking for the remedy, like like a lot of us. 
but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think like a but, lot of us, just so brutal with their with their violations of our of everything. It's it's really terrible. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, but reach out later on this week. Reach out to me. I got something that I'm gonna run by you real quick. Uh, so reach out to me. Uh, well, you know, Facebook or it can even be text too. By the way, yeah. Uh, yeah. later on this week or even tomorrow, just whenever you have some, you know, free time. Of course, not not uh, demanding you to to uh, do it like it's an emergency. <laughs> so, gotcha. Uh, but yes, sir, thank you. I saw a couple of texts about uh, another group. Maybe I'm not in it yet. So if there's some other group I need to be in, let me know about that too, please. I got you, sir. Yes, sir. But like I said, thank you for coming on, and you have made this even this call uh, the, way, the way it needs to be. And uh, do anyone else have any other questions? We're going to close this show out. I thought we were going to close it out pretty good, but it's been a real good uh, call on tonight. So, if we don't have any other questions uh, with the countdown of to three, we're going to call it a night and let everybody get a good rest with the count of one, two, three. Thank you all for joining us on tonight for the Creditors of God talk show, and we try to always end on this note, and we hope that we've said something that would benefit everyone that has listened. Please invite others to come on because, we always want people to remember that you are indeed, you are the credit, you are the court. Of course, you are definitely the captain here on the earth. You all definitely do have a good night. Good night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.